The fun begins where the highway ends. North Idaho Narratives is recorded live at the Bugle Booth, located at the end of Highway 8. This week, uh, February 22nd, 2018, we're going to focus on the raffle that the Elk River Recreation District is having. Camper Cash and More Raffle. The tickets are $10 each. They are raffling off a brand new Outdoors RV Black Rock Four Season Camper. And I guess they have cash and other prizes also. You can get tickets from the Park and Rec's board members. You can go to the staff at Tom's Tavern. Or you can go online. But I suggest you contact Tanya on the Facebook page and she will set you up for as many tickets as you want to buy. So please look into that and help out our little town. Our sponsor this week is Barks and Bugles El Espresso, located in the Old Morris Drug Building on the corner of Highway 8 and Main. Serving coffee to meet your caffeine needs, baked goods to tame that hungry growl in your belly, and gifts to remember our small little town by. The coffee season here is from April to October, so I hope to see you all this coming April. This week in our podcast, we are going to hear from Babe and how he met a local legend, the Ridge Runner. In the 19... I think it was the 1940s in the Selway Wilderness, the Clearwater Forest. Um, they had a man who's a local legend who was called the Ridge Runner. And um, he would live off of things he found in the cabins or off the land. He was pretty much of a loner. And, um, you know, he probably was a pain to the local authorities. But to the little town of Elk River, he was a local hero and babe had an encounter with him so let's hear from babe and his encounter with the ridge runner a quick note there is salty language so be advised so the ridge runner was what what year was that when the ridge runner was around what year 1940 when I, when we went, I went and stayed with the ridge runner in 1947 you can't yeah, talk. Well, 1947. Oh yeah. The reason why I know I stayed with the Ridge Runner, Bill Marlin, for about four days at Perd Hughes's place uh, in 1947. So 1947, I'd have been uh, uh, 15. 15, 15 years old. Any 47, yeah. Anyway, uh, so I and this other boy. We decided we'd walk from, uh, uh, at this time, I'm going to back up a little bit here. At this time, that's when Diamond Maps made the camp, the Diamond Camp, uh, up on the, the road going toward the, uh, toward the river. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, so from the D- Diamond Camp, well, even when they built the Diamond Camp, they had a trail, the fire patrol, and they, they had trails all over the all over here for in case of fire or whatnot. Mm-hmm. They had mules and horses that they took out there to pack the packs and stuff. Anyway, so this one trail went from uh, from the Diamond Camp 
That was one of the trails, and it went clear to Camp X, mm -hmm. above the river, anyway. So, uh, Ian and, and Tex Bowles, Johnny Bowles, we called him Tex. I said, let's go to let's go and walk over and walk to Pert's places, place, and stay for a week. Mm -hmm. And I, he, I says, well, do you think Pert would Pert would uh, would allow us to do that? And I, he says, oh, oh, I'm sure he would. He says. Uh, Let's go ahead and do it. So this one morning, my brother-in-law and a couple other guys, we caught a ride with them. And this is about the time they were building the diamond camp. Mm -hmm. Okay, anyway. and uh, So they let us off there at the diamond camp, and we hit the trail, the main trail, the pack trail that went through to Camp X. Anyway, so we walked there. You know, kids, now we're back to kids. We had fun. We walked, it was 7 o'clock in the morning, we got about 3.30 in the afternoon, we got to Camp X, and Purd uh, was watching Camp X then because the camp wasn't running, you know, that time of the year. Anyway, uh, they closed the camp up for the winter. Anyway, uh, so he took care of the camp. So we got to Camp X, and, and, and he says, what are you boys doing here? I says, well, we thought we'd walk. We'd, we'd, we walked from here from uh, here uh, to the old diamond camp that are building. And he says, I, yeah, I know the diamond camp they're building. And he says, well, what are you doing here? I says, well, I thought, uh, I told Tex, let's go walk over and see if we could stay at Purds for uh, a week. And Purds said, well, he said, you, you boys, it's late in the afternoon. He says, well, he cooked something to eat for us. And we ate and stayed in one of the bunkhouses. And the next morning we got up and he says, you go, boys go ahead and go stay at my place, he says, and make sure that you don't start no fire, don't burn the place down, he says, mm -hmm. and you go ahead and stay there for, and there's all kinds of food, and there's all kinds of food, because he had one, one place there that he kept all of his canned goods and everything, keep them for freezing and stuff anyway, so, so, okay, so we, took off and started treading from Camp X to Purge Place, which is about seven miles, eight or eight miles maybe, from Camp X to Purge. Okay, here comes the story. We we got about a, two or three hundred yards from Purge and the goddamn smoke was coming down the chimney. I said, Tex, yeah, they know what you're supposed to be here. He says, I know that. Who, the heck, who do you think's there at Purge? <laughs> I says, I don't know, but let's turn around and go back to Camp X. <laughs> he says, no, he says, get late in the afternoon, because when you start walking for that length of time, you get late in the afternoon, that time of the year anyway. So I said, well, okay. And smoke was coming out of the chimney, good, you know, like, and I said, holy crama, what are we going to do? And I kind of got scared. You know, just a young kid, so he did too. And I says, "Well, that we got nothing to lose. Let's go. Let's go get in the shack." So we went on the on the porch and, and knocked on the door. <laughs> <laughs> nobody answered. So we knocked on the go door. Nobody answered. So I, so we opened the damn door and went in there. And the the kitchen stove's where the fire was, and, and he he had to. Uh, there's a fire in the kitchen stove. And I said, well, 
what are we going to do? I don't know who's going to be here or whatnot. And, it, and we kind of both got scared. Well, I, when I went there, I had a 22 high standard pistol that I had. I, I had it with me when we walked over there anyway, which didn't mean nothing anyway. So, so we was in the, in the, in the building there. And Perth's place, Perth's place was a, a big, the front room was everything. Kitchen and everything was front room. And he had a, a one great big table over here on, on to the right, just before looking over look the river, the Clearwater. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so both of us went both of us went over there and to the to the table and we got behind the table. We didn't get front of, <laughs> behind the table and we sat there. We sat there and sat there and pretty soon Oh my God! Someone's coming. Yeah, someone's coming on the ground. Down. And I said, "I wonder who it is." I don't know. But anyway, we'll wait and see. And the door opened. Here walks this little guy, about five foot four. Anyway, and I think he just—he walks in there, and he stole put some 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 wood in the stove, and uh, we thought it was something funny, evidently, and he kept looking around and looking around, and, and we was right behind that goddamn that table, and probably <laughs> snookered underneath there, watching him, you know, and pretty soon he looked over there and he seen us, he says, hey, kids, 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 what are you doing here, kids? Oh, uh, we was at, uh, uh, Perth said we could come over and stay for three or four days, he says. And I said, but we can go, we can leave right now. Ah, I said, kids, he says, it's okay, he said. I'm going to leave tomorrow morning anyway, he said. So, yeah, you can stay here. And he said, I'll fix something to eat. Okay, so he fixed stuff. He's a good cook anyway, but he didn't. It was Perth's food, anyway, yeah. so he fixed something to eat, and we ate there, and, and finally, and after a while, he asked me what our name was, and I told him what our, my name was, and Tex told him his name was Johnny, and anyway, so, anyway, so he talked a little bit about this and that, not a hell of a lot about anything, but he talked anyway, and so finally he said, uh, I said to him, I said, what's your name? He says, my name is Bill Marlin, and I put it one down through the guy because I had heard about Bill Marlin. Bill Marlin, shit, he was an outlaw, you know, what no, he wasn't no goddamn outlaw, but anyway, he was an outlaw, that's what you heard all around. Anyway, so, so I put it slumped it down in the goddamn, on the table, and he'd say, uh, what are you kids, you're going to be here for, he says, I'm leaving in the morning. Repeated himself two or three times, and I, and we were both scared. I started shaking and everything else. Well, just goddamn guys, he's about. If we wanted to, both of us could beat the shit out of him if we needed to, oh, yeah. you know. But no, we he had us buffaloed anyway. Anyway, so the next morning, he got up, made breakfast, and uh, and I said, "Well, are you sure you're going to stay?" No, he says, I think I'll stay another day. So he stayed another day, and, and so the second day, 
he got up and he says, no, I got to go up to Camp X and talk to Ferd for a little bit. And then, uh, and then I says, then where are you going? He says, I don't know. I said, what do you mean you don't know? He says, I don't know because I got no place to go. I'll just go anywhere. Oh, okay. You're going to go anywhere. So the next day, we, he ate, made breakfast and, and we started trekking toward Camp X. And I had that 22 pistol on my side. And uh, I got about a mile, about a mile and a half from before, before I come out to where the little North Fork was. And a, a little bear ran across the road. A little bear ran across the road. And, uh, and I said to him, oh, oh, shoot that bear. And Jesus, he hit my hand and he says, you put that pistol back in that, in that holster and don't you take it out anymore. That bear ain't hurting you and whatnot. And he says, and kiddo, you keep that, that pistol in there. And he scared the hell out of me. I did too. I kept it there. <laughs> so anyway, we trekked up the goddamn road and we got up there about, about where the slot hole is, uh, dump was where at, at the at Camp X and I was tired out I was a chubby little guy then and I was getting pooped out well anyway him and Tex they were, t they were behind me they were ahead of me and uh, uh, they were talking pan and gold and all that crap anyway and, and I was behind them trying to keep up with them and finally they both stopped and he says hey kid what Twist your ass up here. Twist your butt up here. I never forget. forget. Twist your butt up here, he says. I did. <laughs> I went fast. Anyway, we went to, to, uh, went to, the, uh, to the camp, and then the next morning, then he, uh, Bill left anyway. But uh, we had quite a talk with him that night. I asked questions I should have never asked him. Anyway, so, so I'll tell you one little story about Bill. While Marlon was still running the the, uh, the Clearwater, and he was still over by Purds and whatnot, Silent Joe's place was just above Purds. You didn't know nothing about Silent Joe. Mm -hmm. Anyway, anyway, that's another story too. But anyway, so Bill came down and he stayed at Larkin's bar, Larkin's place. And at Larkin's place, they had a, a root cellar underneath there, a cellar that you could go in. Mm -hmm. Well, Red Federicks and, and my brother Gordon went over there to go fishing one day. Anyway, so they went up there, and and uh, Bill with, uh, Marlin was there, and he come out of the out of there, and he says, "What are you boys doing?" He said, "Well, we're going to go catch some fish." He says, "Oh, okay." And so, Red. My brother-in-law, they went over there and they caught some sucker, two suckers. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Red brought him over there and Gordon says, "You can't. Yeah, well, we're gonna. I'm gonna take him over there and give him to Bill. He'll eat him." And Gordon says, "Don't do that. Don't take him over there because Bill know what the hell. No one is going to eat a sucker." And he and he said, "Oh hell yes, Bill will eat him. You boys catch any fish?" Yeah, we caught two suckers here, and we're going to give them to you. Oh, thank you, he says. <laughs> so they had a little conversation with him, and he says, Hey, Bill, what? Did you ever get lost in the woods? <laughs> Gordon said after that he wanted to crawl in the goddamn hole. He said, Did you ever get lost in the woods and, 
And he said, hey, kid, he says, is that a white-tailed deer ever get lost in the goddamn woods? <laughs> and Gordon said, I felt like crawling in a hole. Shit, that's all he lived in the woods. He says, did a white-tailed deer ever get lost in the woods? You're anyway, that's kind of the story about Bill Marlin, right, Ted Clark. He wasn't a bad guy, was he? They made no, him no. out to be a bad guy. There no? was nothing wrong with him. He stayed, um, he worked for the fire patrol two or three summers at the fire associations at mm -hmm. Bull's Cabin over there. Uh-huh. Okay. He stayed there. He was okay. And but didn't they take him to court or something? Didn't somebody get Oh, he'd, he'd done a lot of, he stayed in the ranger stations all the time and ate all the food and everything with what happened is he got mad at Potlatch oh, Corporation. Okay. And Potlatch was going to, because of, of he was doing things and, and stealing food off of the ranger stations and, and a camp of the, the towers and stuff and, and whatnot. So Potlatch was going to get a hold of him and put him in jail. But anyway, he decided that he was going to get back with Potlatch trying to do that. So Camp T was on the other side of the river, Clearwater River, Camp okay. T was. Anyway, so one morning, he had got went to the goddamn dynamite shack. Mm -hmm. They figured he did. Okay. He did. And got a couple boxes of dynamite and put him, put him under a D8 cat, <laughs> cat and blew the goddamn cat, blew all the tracks and stuff off the cat. Oh, my. But they couldn't but, prove it. No. They figured it was him. Mm -hmm. And so... Right. So then they were after his butt from then. Okay. Let me tell you a little story about him. It was in the wintertime. He stayed there in the winter, but he went to all the ranger stations anyway and stayed in them because they left food in there. Right. And that's how he lived a lot of times through the winter. Uh, he'd go in there and eat the food and whatnot. Well, this one time they hired some, uh, uh, some uh, bounty hunters to go wow. after him. They wanted to get his ass. So the bounty hunters, have you heard this story? I've got better tell this story. But it's in the it's in the book. Mm -hmm. So but I'll tell you anyway. Well anyway. So Bill knew that the, the, the law was was after him. Mm -hmm. And so he thought uh, something round top ranger station? Does that sound round top mm -hmm. ranger station? Mm -hmm. So he was on his way up to the ranger station to stay for the winter. Anyway, and uh, but and he knew that the law was after him. Well, they hired these bounty hunters to go after him. Well, the snow was deeper than hell and whatnot. Mm -hmm. He no dummy. Anyway, so he knew they was after him and they were going to fo follow him in his footsteps and follow him. Knew he was going to that ranger station. Anyway, they followed him and followed him, and then all of a sudden, there was no more tracks. All they seen was a set of elk tracks going up to up to the snow. And the, the rangers, the bounty hunters, they didn't know what to do. Without, where the hell did he go to? Uh, so they he they went backtracked and see if they missed him somewhere. They didn't miss him anywhere. What he had done, he had made stilts, stilts, mm -hmm. sticks, stilts, oh. and he put uh, elk feet on the bottom part and tied them on the stilts. Oh my! This is no shit. He did. He tied them on the stilts, 
And when he went stilts, that was an elk going through because you have hoofs and everything. And he, 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 bounty hunters stopped. They didn't know where they were going. Well, yeah. Like that. So that's how he, he, he got away from the bounty hunters that one time. Then it got colder in hell, real, real cold, and it was real, because it was so cold, he had frozen dead. Mm -hmm. So that's when they got him. They took a helicopter and went and stopped at the ranger station. That's when they caught him. But he was caught two or three times anyway. Another time he was caught in, uh, it was taken to uh, Orofino, and the judge says, uh, Bill, how come the, the, the uh, Oh, no. He says, you ever been arrested before, Bill? And he said, yeah. Well, what was you arrested for? And he says, well, he says, uh, stealing a bridle. He says, why in the hell would they arrest you for stealing a bridle? He says, because the goddamn horse was in the bridle. <laughs> oh, you got to read that book. It's something else. It is. Well, and it's here, too. I mean, there's so many, so much has happened around here. It's, it's kind of a cool little city. Yeah, it is. It was more cool back when I was a kid. What was the title of the book? Is it The Ridge Runner? Ridge Runner. The Ridge, Ridge Runner. Bill Marley. Yeah, we Marla. have a copy, I think. Tom does. <clears throat> the last day I ever heard of Bill Marlin, he was at, at, at uh, Orofino, mm -hmm. anyway, and um, they let him out. Mm -hmm. uh, and they never seen him anymore. So they, just... they figured he walked someplace out and... Died or didn't know. Yeah, that's well. He lived his life how he wanted to. Yeah, he did. He really didn't he hurt wasn't anybody. No, he wasn't no dummy, really. No. And no. he didn't hurt anybody. He didn't. No, but the only thing he done wrong was is, and they know damn well that he done it, but they never could prove it when he blew that goddamn cat up. Yeah, dynamite. As Babe would say, that is another story. Thank you for joining us at North Idaho Narratives, recorded live at the Bugle Booth at the end of Highway 8. And watch for future episodes, where we will be interviewing other people who live in our small town. So thank you again from North Idaho Narratives. <laughs>